looks clear too. Awesome. So we have clarity now. Yeah. And I started recording, by the way. I see that. Yeah. We had to do a little test run. Slappy Zencaster screen was all blurry for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I put my glasses on and it cleared it right up. Ah, well, that's perfect. Yeah. So, welcome everyone to episode 257 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is June 28th, 2021. I'm Rollo McFlugel, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Slappy Jones. Ah. Show notes page is mcflugel.com slash 257. Check out our sponsor, libertymugs.com. And also, um, if you want to learn about Bitcoin, and if you feel like you're drinking from a fire hose... Check out our learning service, BitcoinTrickle.com. We send you a couple emails a week, uh, just kind of slowly introducing topics in Bitcoin so that you can start from block zero. From the Genesis work way block. Up to a, yeah, work your way up to a, a decent understanding of so Bitcoin. 680 though. whatever thousand. Yeah, you'll get there. Oh. Um, so Slappy, uh, we're just talking... Uh, before we started recording about my vacation last week. Oh, yeah. How was your week? You were on, on vacation last week. It was good. Yeah. Um, disconnected for the most part from a lot of the world. Just enjoying spending time with uh, some of my family. Took an RV trip up to Acadia National Park in Maine. You should have stopped at Pocono on your way down. Yeah, I saw you were up there. Yeah. How was that? It was awesome. I'm going to do it every year for the rest of my life, probably. That's great. I love NASCAR. I became a NASCAR fan. If we have any listeners who are NASCAR fans, please contact me so you can teach me about what the hell's going on. I love it. I loved everything about it. It was awesome. The whole day. Brought the kids. So I've never been to a uh, a NASCAR race like that. But I know people who have, and everyone everyone I talk to has ever been to a race, because we've got Pocono uh, close to us, and also probably might be closer to me is Dover. Probably for you. To me, it's about the same yeah. distance. Right. Um, but everyone that I've ever talked to that has been to an NASCAR race, they, they say it's just the greatest thing in the world. So yeah. tell me and the listeners who uh who are who live above the mason dixon <laughs> what what a nascar race is like um it was or what a day so it's, what a it's day tough. at a nascar race is like so this was kind of a unique day in the sense that pocono was doing the double header this year so we went up saturday and they had a truck race and the cup series race and then on sunday they had an xfinity race and a cup series race so there's two cup series races this weekend the Cup Series is the big, the big boys. Um, and so a lot of people camp on the infield all weekend and whatever. We went up Saturday. We got up there fairly early. The truck race was at noon. We were there probably by 9 o'clock. And they have carnival rides for free. The kids could go ride different rides. They have all kinds of vendors selling all different kinds of things. And um, all the drivers and the racing teams had their own tractor trailer that sells merchandise and you know we walked around we saw one of richard petty's cars they had on display we saw one of chase elliott's cars um it was really cool and so before the race we we had pit passes which 
are available for anyone who wants to get them. I didn't need some kind of, you know, you have to pay for them. Um, but it wasn't like it was some exclusive deal here. And so we went down to the pit and the kids got one of the pit crew guys gave the kids a lug nut from one of the cars, which like made their day. Um, yeah. They were talking to Daniel Suarez's pit crew. And uh, it was, we, they got to write their name on the finish line with a Sharpie. It was pretty sweet just being down on the track and seeing all the cars come out and watching the drivers walk into their car. It was one of the coolest things ever. And everyone there is so friendly. Um, people are just like happy to see a race. It was, it was just a great day and I'm going to do it probably the rest of my life. It was awesome. I got to recruit more people to go with me. Yeah. That, uh, that does sound like fun. Just kind of hanging out and, 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 and it's one thing, it's like anything else. You watch something on TV and you're just kind of watching the race and it's just kind of like, up oh, car oh, yeah. circling on an oval. Well, but when you get to yeah. kind of be in the middle of it and, and experience that kind of stuff. It, just like anything else, when, once you get to experience something up close, it's just different. It's different like that. And that yeah. was just all the stuff going around the race. Like, how how about this? What professional sporting event can you take a cooler in? Bring your own beers, <laughs> bring your own food, your lunch. You can bring a cooler in. I didn't have to go through a metal detector. I just kind of walked in, showed them a ticket. Everyone there, it was just the, the nicest people, the greatest atmosphere. And then when you see these cars and you hear those engines and they go 180 miles an hour past you, it's really impressive. Yeah, that's really fast. And and it's like any sport when you're watching it live, and especially when you're the closer you are, you realize how fast. Oh, yeah. Like TV doesn't do it justice. No. So it's it's, it's kind of like, I guess my equivalent would be, not my equivalent, but. Uh, you know, like watching a hockey. When you're live versus TV, TV, you see the speed. And, so then, much and then you go to a game and you're like right at the glass yeah. and it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you watch NASCAR on TV and you see them switch lanes, you're like, yeah, all right, cool. When you're watching it live and you see a car going 170, 180 miles an hour and fit into a space that's barely bigger than the car, you're pretty sure they're going to wreck. And then they don't. It's like, it's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of NASCAR and Rex, did you see a week or two ago the Dogecoin car? Yes, wrecked. wrecked, wrecked as it crossed the line. Oh, yes. that was a beautiful sight. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's just poetic justice. It was pretty funny. That was, I, I believe, that was an Xfinity race. That was awesome. Um, anyway, I wanted to get my little plug in for NASCAR and just throw it out there to any NASCAR fans. If you listen to the show and like NASCAR, please throw me a DM so we can like talk about a race while it's happening and I can figure out the strategy of what's going on. Cause, uh, so how long, how long of a day was it that you were there? Well, we got there like at nine in the morning and we left, we probably left the parking lot at eight o'clock at night. Oh, wow. Um, now there was two races and there was all, all kinds of stuff going on. So and your and your kids lasted the day. Yeah, they got tired. the second race. I mean, the sun was out in the afternoon. It got hot, so we walked around and got them some ice cream and um, got in the shade for a little bit. But they just had a blast the whole day. That's awesome. And they fell asleep before we left the parking lot. But oh yeah, um, yeah, it's a long day for anybody. Yeah, but it was a great time. And then you know we drove home. It was not that long a drive, but if we could do it. If I do, if they do that again next year with the double header, 
I buy tickets to both days and get a house up there or rent a camper or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> so you can a camper. Yes. No, there's our that's, segue. That's, that's what my vacation was. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I wanted to get a tractor trailer, but, uh, we got a, we got a camper. I think it was like, was it like a 28 footer or something? It was a class C. So you like need a license for that? Um, no, they just did like a, it's a like, like a little training submit your, thing. your license. No, not even that. You just had to like submit your license. It was almost like a Bitcoin KYC process nice. to, uh, I think it was just for insurance purposes. Right. But, uh, I ended up driving the RV for most of the trip. Um, cause my brother also, I went with my two brothers and my brother's family. And, uh, I made it sleep. Uh, we had seven people in it. That's awesome. Four adults and three kids. I slept over top of the cab in that little, uh, cubby hole up there. Um, now how uh, were you, how does that work? I know I actually did have an RV once I went to a football game. So we went there from Thursday the weekend but it was a bunch of us and we were just out of college and we were all idiots and probably didn't take care of it as well as we should have how long does the water last in there like did you have to refill it several times yeah yeah so what you do is when you go we went to uh different like campsites Mm -hmm. some like state parks and they just have like hose hookups and you can refill it yeah so what you do most of the campsites is you you know, you book a reservation, they give you a, a certain campsite and each of these campsites for our design for RVs. So you pull in and they have this little like hookup station where it's got your water hookup, your electrical mm-hmm. hookup. Um, one of them actually had like a cable TV hookup. Nice. And then most of them had a, uh, a hole for your, uh, your honey tank, hmm. the poop tank. Mm-hmm. And just like flush it. Uh, you so you hook up. They have a, a hose. Shitter's you full. Connect. Yeah, yeah. That joke was made many times. You heard that one out there. Yeah. All right. But you uh, you get the hose. You hook the hose up to a uh, to the to the end of the line on the RV, and then you run it into the the hole in the ground. And there's two valves mm-hmm. you open, and just gravity feed. Ah, nice drains it out and then uh so there's a black tank and a gray tank the black tank is connected to the toilet the gray tank is for the sink and the shower Mm -hmm. so that's not like septic stuff exactly so you flush out the uh or you you empty the black tank first then you empty the gray tank so that kind of like flushes out all the the nasty stuff Mm -hmm. and then you can uh then you can flush with water but uh so like when you're on uh you do the water hookup you can fill up the water but also you just hook up you bypass the tank and are just running off the the pressurized water Mm -hmm. from the campsite Mm -hmm. while you're at the campsite and then it also has a uh uh, propane generator on it so if you have to stop somewhere uh there's a one actually we uh i think we only ran the air conditioner one night we had electrical, but you could like, you know, if you're at a place where you have to stop and you want to run the air conditioner, 
just turn the generator on and it, uh, well, the generator, you, you know, you, you got to run that for the, uh, if you want to run a microwave or, or more heavy, heavier duty electrical stuff. Um, if you don't have a connection to, to, uh, hook up the power. Did you have a slide out on that thing? Yeah, it did bump out the, nice. uh, the kitchen table that converted to a bed did bump out. Cool. So that was fun. Um, couldn't weren't allowed to drive it over 70 miles an hour but you're um, an anarchist and, right yeah well they they apparently they had this some sort of hookup yeah so they would know if you went over and you know what i really didn't want to go over 70 miles an hour <laughs> it's uh loaded up it's yeah i can imagine you know well over eight tons and you know i'm not used to driving something that big so it's uh it was an experience. You you appreciate kind of like truckers and stuff on the road mm-hmm. and the existence of blind spots and stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. when the turn signal goes on, you count to five and you know, you look, you check. The mirrors are actually pretty good on it. It's good luck everybody. I don't really like to have too many Yeah. But there were issues with that. The one interesting thing was the, uh, you have to worry about clearances. How high was it? And, uh, 11 feet was what was written on the dash. Ooh, I see some temperatures out there. Yeah. Well, up around New York and Connecticut, there were some roads. It was like a Hutchinson drive or something in New York. Mm. We were on that going up and. Uh, my brother was driving the RV at this point and I was driving the minivan and he kept like switching in and out of lanes and there's a lot of traffic and I think people were getting annoyed at me that I kept switching lanes and I like drove by him, give him a look like, what in the world are you doing? And then he called me up and he's like, I'm switching lanes because I got to go to the high section of the underpasses here. Mm-hmm. And people were honking at me and telling me I got to get off here. And we realized that uh, there was signs getting on or I I didn't notice it but it was for passenger cars only and if we kept going we probably wouldn't have fit under that would have been a better story yeah and then on the way back uh we we were driving from uh uh, I forget the name of the one town but Hingham Massachusetts uh just north of uh Wampatuck State Park sure yeah yeah, maybe like 45 minutes south of Boston. We we wanted to avoid that road again. And, you know, the GPS told us that we were just going to could go stay on 95 the whole time, which was perfect. But, you know, traffic and everything. And it says, hey, go on the shorter route. So it jumped us on to 15, Route 15 in, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Connecticut, and as I was driving down there, there's a lot of kind of low bridges or low underpasses, but there was another RV in front of me, actually, and I was checking to see where it was going to dump us out on, that's when my brother called me, he goes, you got to get off, we just, uh, we, we looked it up, and, and there's, <laughs> there's underpasses under, under, under 11 feet coming up, mm-hmm. so got off on the next exit, kind of wormed our way, got onto Route 1, which apparently Route 1 goes all the way. <laughs> All the way up there. Oh, yeah. There's all a the one all the way up in Maine. Yep. And and uh, kind of found our way onto uh, 95 from there. And uh, 
and it was kind of just driving the rest of the way. So nice. it was great. We, we, uh, the, the trip was, we went up to Acadia national park in Maine, which is unbelievable. Uh, maybe I'll post some more pictures. I think I was limited on, on, on what I was posting. Maybe I posted a few pictures, but I mean, the hiking up there is just, we didn't do too much hiking. Uh, just because, you know, little kids, they can only take so much. But some of the stuff we did do is climbing up the sides, these smallish mountains. But yeah, it's neat because it's just everything's just rock right. and like granite up there. It's not like you're climbing this like dirt mountain. It's just you're climbing up these massive rocks. And, uh, yeah, the beaches, uh, there's there's only a few beaches with like sand up there. Everything else is just like cliffs and rocks. Um, we took a boat tour on Friday and it was kind of, it was really foggy. Um, so we didn't get to see that much. Well, it was difficult to see, but got some uh, interesting facts about, you know, lobstering and everything and, and a lot of the history there. But we did go to the one place where the seals hang out. We did see a bunch of seals. That was pretty neat. Um, did eat lobster one night. How was, was it? Delicious. Oh, I was good. Yeah, it's like you, you cracked open. We, I think there were soft shells that we had, mm. and uh, cracked them open, and they're just like dumping water out. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was fun. Um, but we we stopped at some like different cities on the way up and down. So. Uh, How hot was up, it up there? Uh, one day was pretty warm, but otherwise it was, uh, nice. actually I was coming back when we, uh, on Sunday was pretty hot and Saturday, uh, we we're kind of making our way down, but otherwise it was, I don't know, seventies, nice. maybe hit the eighties. That's nice. Yeah. On the way up, we stopped at Newport, Rhode Island, did the cliff walk, saw the, the mansions, went to the breakers. I call it. I think I posted a picture that, of that one. Said it was going to be my Bitcoin Citadel. Just a summer summer house for the Vanderbilts. No big deal. Mm-hmm. They don't need it. And then uh, stopped at Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which was a uh, that was a nice nice little town. Uh, ate dinner in Portland, Maine. Uh, ate at a restaurant that was kind of, was on the water, and where the lobster boats were coming in. So. One of the boats came in, and uh, my nephews were up against a, a wooden fence, kind of watching them unloading. And one of the the guys came over with a couple lobsters, and uh, you know, talked about lobsters and lobstering, and, cool. and explained what was going on about it. Yeah, it was it was really neat. I have, I think, pretty much a video of his whole uh, little spiel that he gave, but it was it was really neat, Very really cool. nice of him yeah. too to see some little kids and adults. <laughs> come up and uh yeah say what's going on because i don't i don't know much about lobsters i know they taste good yeah and i i learned uh from the five minutes that, that guy gave us i learned more about lobsters than i than then I you do listening to jordan peters yeah that's yeah very true um then we set up at acadia for for a bit and then on the way back so Way back, we stopped at uh, Salem, Massachusetts, because my sister-in-law wanted to stop there because she is was there like 20 years ago. 
And it was a lot different than what she remembered. She was like, I thought this was just like, when I was there, it was just like history and stuff, just like a historic town. But now it's an absolute freak show. Mm. And I hate Massachusetts. It is the worst state in the country. I've, de- I've determined that. I've only been to Massachusetts once, and it wasn't to Boston. It was to Worcester. Ah. And uh, I was up there for two days and back and didn't see any of the town and didn't do anything. You're probably better Went off. for work. It was just mixed new, like everyone dumps on New Jersey, but it made New Jersey look like Disney World or something. Hmm. Just so it's, you know, Salem, that's where they had the witch trials and everything. So you expect to have like witch themed stuff, but it was like Wiccan stuff. And it was like the irony of like, all right, they had these witch, you know, these uh, trials for witchcraft. And it was like, oh, they were all just stupid and idiots because no one was witches. And now they actually have witches there. Like people who they say they're just, witches? Yes. And they ought to just like burn the city down now. And just so many of those stupid pride flags. And the new pride flags, the gay, the gay, I don't even want to call them pride. It's stupid. The gay flags. What are the new um, ones? They're, they have like the rainbow going horizontally. And then there's like a triangle uh-huh. on the side with a bunch of different colors. Okay. And it's just like, these are, th- these people are just such sheep for whatever corporate grift is going on. They, whoever is like making these flags and all of this, you know, whatever stuff this gay, you know, flag rainbow stuff. They're just like, oh, we're changing the thing. So now you got to all go out and buy new stuff. And they say, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll go spend my money on this. Just we need stupid- solidarity with like other people. Yeah. Is that the point? I'm I- guessing why they're adding. More- I don't know. We were kind of talking about this before we were recording. It like makes, weird, none of it makes sense to me. I don't get it. I don't. Your identity is that you're gay? Yeah, it's so bizarre. That's weird. And the thing is, like, I don't care. Like, no one cares if you're gay. Just don't be obnoxious. That's like, so we're sitting at a restaurant and they're like two the table across from us. Or two tables across from us. Each of them had like, uh, there's a table of two lesbians then a table of i don't know if she was a lesbian and a gay dude and they started talking to each other and kind of like joined their tables together and they were just being so loud and obnoxious and i've got like my nephews with me who are little kids and it's just like do you have no self like no awareness of of the people around you that maybe maybe you know the family there with the little kids doesn't appreciate you you know throwing f-bombs around and everything people don't get that Right. No, it's, 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 I'm not defending them. I no, no, no. I I know, I know what you mean, but there's, that's, that's not a, that's not just necessarily a gay thing. Oh yeah. Well, in this, uh, yeah, whatever. It's an obnoxious, it's an obnoxious thing, but it's this, I think it goes hand in hand with just the general like degeneracy. Yes. And just bad, you being a bad person that that's the kind of way that it manifests itself by you being like, it was just so weird. Like hearing their conversation, 
was just so weird because it was just like, oh, we're gay. Yeah, we're gay. Oh, gay things. It's like, like, what do we go around being like, oh, straight things. This is hetero stuff. My hetero lifestyle. It's it's weird. Well, it would be like, I mean, I, I don't actually, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to say. It's just so bizarre. Like if you're uh, like a swinger in an open marriage and you're like obnoxiously talking about it, you'd be like, dude, will you shut up? Like nobody cares. It's disgusting and it's nasty. It's your impulse. It's like what I say. It's, it's like what I say to people. It's like, I don't like flamboyant gay people the same way. I don't like flamboyant straight people. Like the guy that you're at a bar and a guy comes up and he's like, oh, dude, if I were single, I'd be hitting on every like, single uh, girl at this uh, bar. And I, oh, that girl, oh, I'd get her. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd be taking her home with 15 me. 15 years younger. Yeah. That guy is just you're as annoying. annoying. Shut up. No one cares. And it's the same thing. It's debaucherous. He's a man whore. Yeah. And acting like he's the man for it. And that's what his whole existence is. He thinks that that's what is appeal, uh, you know, is attractive to other people that you act like just. It's, 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 just, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like if your whole identity is based upon like, you know, sleeping with another dude. Like, what else do you have going for you? Like, what else? Like, it's just weird to me. It's it's like just in the same way that if, if there was a, you know, someone who's just obsessed with getting girls, a dude that's obsessed with getting girls, it would be like, you have a problem and you seem really desperate and pathetic and you need to get help. I don't even want, like, actually, I don't know. I, I haven't. I blame more suburban white people than like gay people. Yeah. That being said, I'm not around a whole lot of gay people all the time. Well, what I realized because, and just going around Massachusetts in general, I never was in a place with more of those gay flags and seeing BLM stuff. And as you asked me before recording, I brought up all the BLM stuff. I was like, do you see any black people? I said, no, of course not. It's it's like gives these yeah, people yeah, no. a purpose to pretend like they feel bad for someone or right. while they separate themselves from those people. And being in this place where I just see this like I, when I was in Salem I I'm not trying to act like a tough guy or anything or like or but do you understand do you ever get those moods where you're someplace <clears throat> and you're just ready to fight? Um, I mean, it's been a while. Right. But like sometimes you get in that mood where you're just like pissed off about everything that's around you. And you're just like, if a person, you know, gives you any sort of attitude, like not, and so I'm not, but, but that's how I felt in Salem. Just like the entire time I wanted to fight. Looking for trouble. Yeah. Be careful, you might just find it. 
I know. Well, that, that's why, I mean, it, <laughs> I wanted to, but, you know, I'm with my family, like with my nephews. Yeah. I wasn't going to go out and, and look, but, you know, I was, I was in that mood. And then, and, and as I was there, I realized I, I suddenly gained an appreciation for Aaron from Timeline Earth and hmm. his whole like, spin and, and shtick about how he goes after these bougie prog, <laughs> you got uh, to see it. You know, I'm BLM. Close. Yeah. Now I, yeah. now I totally understand where he's coming from Yeah, because these people are the worst. They are the worst. They're like, you're, it's, and, and I heard that at the restaurant, this conversation that the, like the, all these, these gay people were talking about, I guess, like coming out and like each one of them was like, yeah, my family was cool with it. You know, all these like, oh, such a struggle and everything. And everyone's family, like, oh, am I, I'm, I'm cool with it. But these are like obnoxious, degenerate people talking here. And not that I'm saying that, like, if 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 you have a kid who comes out as gay, that you should like, I don't know, be mean to him or something. But you know, the whole just like having to accept it as just like regular and normal, uh, you know, like this quote unquote normalizing stuff, as opposed to being like, all right. Um, you know, just because you're gay doesn't mean you have to have it as a personality. Like you, you, you know, it's 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 kind of weird. I, I, I know plenty of gay people. I know people who have gay kids. I'm not trying to be like you know wagging my finger about how you should uh, deal with it necessarily. But if you're like indulging everything that goes with it, like. I can see these people are like in a, in the next generation after the generation of your gay kids, they're going to like, just, it's going to be way worse. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to make sense of what's in my head and, and, and explain it. Uh, um, kind of letting you run here. It's like, I, um, but but what I'm trying to say, it's it's not like I'm not saying that like you should send your gay kids to like pray the gay away camp or something. Although I think there are ways to you know pray the gay away. Yeah, probably there are. Um, I don't know. Well, how about this? Uh, so now I know this is do I need to tell these stories? Um, so like you, you, you were just saying about these kids or these guys talking about coming out and not having an issue or any problems. Um, I think that's the case for most people. Yeah, I agree. Um, most parents, like most human parents don't like abandon. Most people don't abandon their kids. When a most problem people, comes up. But like. You know, and then there's all this, like, if you criticize or try to help or ask or, like, are you okay, then you're a bigot. Right. I guess what I'm trying to say is... keeps people's mouth shut. Like, they obviously have an upper hand in that sense. Yeah. What what I'm trying to say... If you said you were going to pray for someone, you would be called a bigot. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... (laughs) I don't know. This is getting. Uh, You're going to be a big conversations. Aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Um, either. I'm, I'm, I, I like, don't care. I don't like people. So you can call me a big yeah. all you want. 
it's a disorder. I mean, that shouldn't be controversial, right? Sure. Like you could be born without a hand. It's a disorder. That's a disorder. It doesn't make you evil. Doesn't make it you doesn't less make of you... a person. Right. Um, but there's certain behavior that is bad if you indulge it. Um, and so if you're a parent and like, you know, your, your kid comes out as gay and you're in an environment up in like Massachusetts where, where I experience it, where it's just, everyone's just like, Oh no, this is wonderful. And it's great. And we, you know, indulge all of this stuff and don't ever, you know, how dare you have any sort of like, um, thoughts outside of this, uh, certain paradigm that we have a way of like promoting, you know, being gay. Um, it, it's, it's, it just throws out all, how am I trying to say it? I, this made sense today when I was, uh, going for going a run thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but I guess it just, I it just like goes back it. in that time preference thing when when you just yeah. be like, oh yeah, and, and indulge in this and you know any sort of traditional values that are associated with with marriage and and sexuality and everything. Oh no, that's just old fuddy duddy stuff, and then just do whatever you want and um you know promote this weird identity of being gay. Like the next generation after that is like you just keep building on that on that kind of mindset. Yeah, they're gonna just like start taking your grandkids and start giving them uh, like hormone therapy. Like it's not like it, this isn't yeah, this isn't a not. game where um, you know you give them an inch and just be like oh well it's just kind of you know the, the, this confuse this conflation so, of. Yeah. Uh, toleration and uh, being tolerant of someone who's different than you. Because again, if you're gay, no one freaking cares. People care when you're obnoxious. And, and so I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that when this obnoxious behavior that's associated with this kind of gay pride lifestyle becomes a normal thing and becomes accepted as uh just acceptable and good. I mean, that's a, that's a positive feedback loop that doesn't go any place good. And like, man, I, I just, I, I just remember, like, can you imagine like a little kid's TV show having like trannies on it? When when we were uh, when we were kids or even nah. 10, 20 years but ago. But like and even there wasn't much about like like I don't know, Muppet Babies. It was I, I that's one example. I don't know what cartoons I used to watch. There wasn't much about as far as I could tell, I mean there was Captain America, uh which clearly had a political oh, agenda. You mean, uh Captain Planet. Yeah, what I say, America. Yeah. Planet is what I meant. Yeah, Captain Planet, uh, where the business was always the bad guy and they were going to save the Earth and whatever. I don't know. Like, if I'd have, I guess I'd have to go back and watch some of them to see if there was overt political messages. But I don't think there were. 
I don't think there were too many. It was just mostly just like normal values that they tended to teach. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like everything is political. Right. Everything, the commercials. I mean, you can't. Everything. It's so. I. It's hard to watch TV. I almost don't watch it. Yeah, because it's it's just there's there's I don't know what's worth watching stuff. on TV other than some live sports, which are also brutal to watch sometimes. Right. Yeah, it's getting bad. And it's just all these people that are deciding they're just going to go along to get along. Uh, because the vast majority of people, I think, find this uncomfortable and weird, but they just... Overwhelming. But nobody wants to be... Because people are nice people generally. Right. Like, don't, people don't want to be hateful or angry or mean or whatever. And so they just go along, get along. Shut up. Do right. what you're told. But then it... And move along. And that's a problem. Yes. Because you have pockets... It's a huge You problem. have places like the entire state of Massachusetts that becomes like the cesspool Backward, for this kind of stuff place. and it just gets it just is just gonna snowball there and so now yeah. i understand how i get why aaron is the way he is and says the stuff the way he does it because i mean these people that are like think that they're do-gooders and being so nice and friendly and and wonderful to people just are just like opening the door and saying like all right come on in all this degeneracy and craziness and lunacy um, because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want someone to, uh, you know, think, think that I, that I, you know, hate someone or, or going to be mean to someone and, and have to deal with someone throwing their, uh, their cell phone in my face recording me. Um, so it's a bad situation. I get that. Like it's it's not good. You know, I, I'm not saying that like there's nothing to worry about, but at the same time, it's like, man, like that's not the world I want to live in. It's not, and I I I hate it that I had yeah. to sit there with my nephews, and the one was the one that kind of understood what was going on a bit a little bit was clearly like uncomfortable. This is weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just building our own space and trying to do that. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, because we're, it seems to be outnumbered. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it, 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 that's why I think, sorry, I, 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 that's why, like, when I go to something like this weekend, right? Now, Whenever you get these chances where it's like uh, in the middle of the pandemic, quote pandemic last year, when I would go to certain functions and no one would wear a mask, it was like refreshing. And you're like, these are the people I want to be around. Um, I kind of got that at the NASCAR thing. And totally, like, I don't know if I went out to the RV lot, if they would have been all Trump supporters and talking about Donald Trump and having Donald Trump facts. I don't know. I didn't hear any politics at all. I didn't hear, you know, yeah, they did a national anthem. They did a flyover. It's a whole lot of American pride that uh, libertarians can get upset about. But the people were just genuinely nice and having a good time and talking about racing and just having fun. And it's nice to get those little, 
oasises here and there where you can just forget about all the BS that goes on with politics and everything else and just have fun and, uh, and be like decent people. Yeah. Um, and trying to, you know, and then it goes back to like, you're saying, like, what do you do now? Because there, what, are you, I don't know how much TV you watch. I don't watch much at all. I don't, yeah. Uh, my kids don't watch much at all, but there's nothing. Like, I, you can't even be like, yeah, channels three, six, and 10 are good, and, and these ones suck. Like, there's nothing. It's all taken over. Yeah, even like, I want, you know, I'll, I'll find a show or something on, I have Amazon Prime, but it's the same, like Netflix, whatever you, you know, where you have. Yeah, Watch show you follow it. And like, they just randomly inject weird stuff into it. For no purpose. Right. Like it doesn't move the plot along. Like there was um uh what was this on Amazon Prime, the boys about the superheroes. Oh, I have Amazon Prime. Um I watched the first season, it was it was decent. I started watching the second season. It was just like the the, the violence in the episode was just so over the top. It was just like I I got like a, a few minutes into it and I'm like I just right. I, I, this isn't for me. Um, yeah. but there was this one, the one character was a superhero was a black dude. And they had this one scene where he was in a store and dressed in this just like civilian clothes. And he's just kind of like looking at clothes or something. And someone who works there, employee walks up to him. Like, can I help you, sir? And he's like, no, I'm just kind of looking around. And he's just like eyeing him up. And it was like the, and then, you know, the guy was like, Oh, you know, the insinuation that he's like, you know stealing yeah because he was black and then these two kids go uh, walk by and they go oh it's the a train it's the superhero's name and they make a big deal about it and like the guy the employee gets embarrassed because he was like a superhero and he's you know and i thought that like that was going to be like a little side story that was it <clears throat> they never went back to reference that again it was just out of nowhere they just had to say like look at this white store employee for this poor black dude um he's a racist all white people are yeah. racist too even though the the black dude superhero was kind of a bad guy <laughs> like, huh. it's it just it it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's just like and and you know they have a lot of like the it just like when they add sex to tv and movies Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. What purpose does it serve, other than just so like a shock a, value and just like the the gratuity of it? Yeah, there was an HBO series on Rome, um, which was actually kind of interesting. It was like a soldier kind of going through. Um, I guess I, I think it started with the um, the end of the of Caesar and Gaul. But it just has gratuitous sex all through it. So, like, I can't show my kids. Right. Otherwise, it'd be an interesting little series for them to watch. And it's like, I I get it. You know, that stuff, like, if you're trying to portray real life and that stuff happened, I get it. But there's a way to, like, imply it. Actfully do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like with comedy and and everything um 
Like, if you just have to be vulgar for the, to be funny, you're not funny. But if you can make a joke land while being clean, that's, like, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's like I say, sex sells. And, you know, if you put some naked bodies in your in your episode, yeah. you know, if, if that's what you ha- have to have people to watch your show. Yeah, that's what you're relying on. I yeah. mean, it's just like. Maybe, maybe get some new writers. Yeah. But that's the fiat lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, produce something now, get a quick hit, move on to the next thing. Yeah. We kind of transitioned out of uh, where I was going to take the conversation because I have thoughts. Mm. Um, maybe it'll be for well, a different episode. Talk about it. Sure. It's kind of heavier. And uh, although I have that a lot more clear in my mind. If I want to say, I could probably fit it in in a few minutes. But you're gonna try to do it. You got it. Know. But just about the whole uh, the, the 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 gay culture thing and how it's moving towards. Because I I know I have a friend who is gay and he has a um, civil marriage. I'll call it for lack of a better term, and they're having a baby and they're not adopting one. They did the thing where they got each of their sperm. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but like play the cup game where it's like, Oh, which one are we going to, which we're going to use. And they got a surrogate mother and she's carrying their baby. And it's like, I don't doubt that they're not, they're both nice people. I don't doubt that they will love this child and do the best they can at raising it. But, you know, there's a reason that God designed humans and, like, all animals that there's a male and a female. (laughs) You know, the father serves a certain role. The female serves a certain role. And the mother serves a, a certain role. And it's really difficult for one to replace the other. And it's not just that. Uh, because people will say stuff like, oh, well, what about single mothers or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. widowers or widows? Yeah. Oh, are they? No, I mean, there's certain situations that are not ideal, but, you know, y- you make do what you got to do. But, but like at the same time, no one's going to sit there and say a single parent is as good, all else equal, as having a mother and a father. Like, it's not an ideal situation. You can make it work, but it's just not ideal, and it's not a good, would not be a good setup. So, like, when you look at, uh, like, adoption agencies, and actually uh, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia just won a Supreme Court case. How about it? um, Where they were trying, people were trying to get them to uh, give... Uh, adoptive children to gay couples and they didn't want to and they actually the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Catholic Church Nice. Uh, I think in like either I, I, it was either unanimous or close to unanimous too uh, mm. it was not a controversy <laughs> it's pretty cut and yeah. dry um, but like there's no way you can sit there and just say generally speaking what is better 
to how what is better to raise a kid a mother and a father or two fathers or two mothers like there's no way you could say all else being equal that a that a mother and a father uh that there's anything better but any arrangement better than that right um so that that's kind of an aside for the adoption thing but like so this this surrogate um surrogate stuff is just it's weird because like when we're when I'm with this friend group and you know it's talked about like I kind of just kind of not peace out but just kind of avoid <laughs> because I I don't want to sure. I don't want to like give approval you like the people yeah i like them but i don't want to give approval for this for a lot of reasons one because when you're doing that uh uh the surrogate mother like you're you're creating fetuses in a test tube and you're creating a lot of them and uh killing yes or indefinitely hold there's like well they freeze them indefinitely and they keep them alive and it's like well (laughs) there's no way they're ever going to do anything but die you're you're, or not die but you're going to kill them like they're the the point of creating most of them uh is for them to to not uh be uh be placed in a womb and be born like they're they're just going to die you're going to kill them so that's that's a huge moral problem right there my other problem with this is that it's like, all right, let's take a step back and go through the process of what's happening. So you have a couple, uh, two men that are going to raise a kid and it's going to be biologically one of their kids. And they're basically going to roll dice to decide which one that it is. And, um, you know, the idea is that neither of them know, but I think in the case of my friend, like, he knows he, he figured it Whoa. out or found out. So that's kind of weird. You would know. Well, yeah. Some. And, and two, like, I, I don't know. It's, you're probably going to get maybe some sort of uh, physical features that like look like one or the other. Like, I don't know. Right. I, I mean, I, there's, I guess there's ways of not knowing. I, I don't know, but, okay. but it's just weird right there. Um, not that foster parenting isn't isn't a thing again, but it's it's just a weird arrangement right there. And now the other thing, the other thing that's even worse than that is this arrangement is so naturally um, a mother becomes very attached to her baby. She carries him for six months or six months, nine months in her womb, and there's like a lot of uh, attachment. That grows as a result of that. Obviously, like biologically, it makes sense that that, that happens. Mm-hmm. And they have the baby, and like a normal human being, a normal human woman would want to hold the baby and nurture the baby after the baby's born. And that's really important for the baby too, that it, it spends a lot of time with its mother. But since this is a surrogate mother, I have to imagine that they can't really let that happen because what if I don't know what they do. What if the mother says, no, I actually want this kid now. 
I don't know. Like that's really not I don't would know. not be a great I don't, I don't know what happened. Right. I don't know either. But it's not a great situation for obvious no. reasons. So let's say you successfully find a woman that is perfect. I'm guessing they signed some agreement. Oh, yeah. There has to be. to be. Like, yeah. But let's say, like, a good surrogate mother, <laughs> a good surrogate mother, um, someone who could perform this function well, is someone that will be able to, will be happy to get injected like a cow, get artificially inseminated like a cow, carry this baby for nine months give birth to it and be happy to just like doing a job. Just like I went to work, punch my card in and, uh, you know, I give birth to this baby and I don't need to see it. Uh, I can just cut myself, you know, and forget about it. Like that would be the ideal situation for surrogacy. Yes. However, that's where half of your kids genes are coming from. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of person that you want to be the mother of your kid? Someone who's like a total psychopath. That's not normal. That is a lunatic. What I just described there is the ideal surrogate mother is a horrible person. Someone who's a lunatic. Someone who is just like the 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 normal like uh rules of nature don't apply to them. There's something wrong with that. Like there's something seriously wrong with that person. And that's going to be the mother of your kid. That's where half of the DNA is coming from for your kid. Mm. And then not only top, not only that is you don't like the mother isn't nurturing that kid. I assume the mother's not nurturing that kid. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens either, but it's just, it's just a weird, but either way, I know what you're saying. It's like, and so you're, I couldn't imagine my wife would never give up. Yeah. You're, you're never, you're genetically giving your kid the bottom of the barrel as a mother, as far as like your, their mental, you know, what they're going to pass is, you know, the mental stuff. And then you're, you're not giving them the environment, which is a mother and a father that they, that is best for raising a kid. And so what do you think like these kids are going to grow up to be like? Uh, generally speaking, now there's, there's going to be, there's going to actually, well, there's, I know of uh, gay couples that had surrogate children and they turned up being well functional. Yeah, of course I get it. And there's, oh, well, there's plenty of wonderful, uh, loving, straight couples that have kids that are terrible kids. It's like, yeah, I get it. But like, as a ge- generally speaking, do, do, what, what, which way do you think it's going to go? It, to me, it's just, it, it's totally obvious mm-hmm. that you're not setting these kids up very well. And it's all just this thing. It's like, I want a kid. It's very weird and selfish. The idea that you have a right to a kid is kind of strange to me. Yeah. Uh, like you don't have any right to have a kid. I can discriminate against you. You don't have a right to my kid or to any other kid. 
That's why I never get with like like I, I I don't know what that court case was you were talking about with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, but I'm guessing had to do with a gay couple wanted to adopt a kid from the, the Archdiocese or one of their um I don't know, adoption agencies and they said no. And uh it's like if it's my kid, like if it's you know, for whatever reason, I couldn't raise my kid because I didn't have the means or, or whatever, whatever, whatever the scenario was. But I wanted a certain person to raise that kid because as the parent, I care about that kid and how they're how they're raised. Why couldn't you direct the abort, the abortion, the adoption agency to say we want it to go to a Catholic family? We want our kid to be raised Catholic and we want these people to be practicing Catholics. And that's who we're going to uh, offer our child to, um, yeah. how could anyone else come in and say, no, I want it. I want that baby. Right. It's mine. Like it's just uh, that the whole concept that like you have to adopt, I have to adopt your kid is, doesn't makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Yeah. If it, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's, I don't even know how you have the balls to go to court it's and be selfish like, and it's, <laughs> beyond selfish. It's, it's so godless. Bad. Yeah, I think that's where it stems from is because it's just they yeah. separate, you know, sexuality <laughs> and like and, and even if like, from, like, you know, part of that is procreation and people just, you know, turn it into just a totally recreational thing. And yeah. so, yeah, exactly. Sep- it's not it separate, has no meaning. It's just they separate uh, sex from having kids. It's it's. It's weird, but it make like now it makes sense that we have the world that we have now because everything gets turned on its head and upside down and everything's just like really sick. Like the world is sick. Yeah. And the medicine is not to indulge this kind of stuff and make it even worse. Yeah. And you know, it's weird. Like I, it would be horrible trying to have this convert, like trying to explain this to my friend who's doing it. Because I know he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. And it's like, you know, when the kid's born, it's like, it's it's a kid, it's a human, you know. I'm not going to like, it's like, oh, this is a, this is not a oh, appropriately uh, conceived child, so I'm going to shun it. No, I mean, I'm not going to punish the kid for something that the kid had, you know, it's not, it's not his fault. <laughs> right. Um. But man, like you start like seeing all these like traditional values and and like the, the rigor, the r- moral rigor that comes from like a lot of religions, and and I can speak to Catholicism because that's what I am. And man, people think it's like, um, what's it called, uh, like puritanical and and just like you know, angry and, and they're just trying to like, they just don't want you to have fun and they don't want you to be miserable. It's like, no, it's, it's all about time preference. It's all about understanding like the realities of the world and, and like just indulging in instant gratification right now. I mean, it's got bad consequences. You know, you have, the other thing is, you know, to, to not just pick on gay people, but to pick on straight couples and women are, you know, spend, two decades on chemical birth control the worst and oh not surprisingly these women are 
tend to be crazy. You know? Ooh. Yeah. Like, like, what do you think is going to happen, though? Like, what if you what if you made men do chemical hormones to change what's going on in their balls? You don't think they're going to go crazy? You don't think, like, what do you think roid rage is? It's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to like say that, like, this is a thing about women in general. It's about women that are toked up on chemical birth control. And then all of a sudden they try to have kids. Well, one, they're told that, oh, to be a successful woman, you have to have a career and oh a family. No, that's not, that's that's not, that's not what you want. You want to have this. I didn't stay home and bake cookies. Yeah, you you want to have this uh, very powerful boss girl career, and you can worry about getting married and having a family later, and uh, just go out and have fun. Uh, go get laid Friday and Saturday night by different guys, but since you're on your chemical birth control, you're you're safe. You're good to go. Um, so do that for like twenty years. And then uh, when you're 35, then you can think about settling down, finding a man to get married and having kids. But, oh, you've just like chemically altered <laughs> for so two weird decades. Too, so like, and now now you like have you trouble having that, kids because you're old and you're just like your lady parts have been a punching bag. Now, I get confused with all the terminology and the labels and everything, but like – wasn't it not was it not the left who's like feminist, right? Like girl power, go have a career, work till you're 30. Like spend your time serving a corporate master. Yeah. Instead of raising a family, like doing what you were put on the earth to do and thinking there's some kind of joy or respect in that. We're feminists. And go girls. That being so we're said, gonna, like we're gonna be just like men. It's weird. Yeah, so weird. Like, why would you want to work for a corporation for your whole life, hours on end every day, and think that you, like, the only reason I do it is because I have a family. I'm not, I mean, I don't want to say I'm not, like, like, I do believe in the product I sell. Mm -hmm. I like the company I work for, but if I didn't have a family, I wouldn't do it. Like, if I were single, I would probably, I mean, I don't know what I'd do. It's a counterfactual. I don't know what I would do. But I have four kids and a wife, and I have to make sure everyone can eat and stay in our house. So I have to earn a certain amount of money to do that. That's why I do it. It's not like I don't do it because I enjoy it. Like, But could you imagine, like, setting out in your life and being like, I am going to be successful in a company Man, what a soulless life you must live. Well, they get to be. And not sit and see the beautiful things of life. Like me taking my kids to, (laughs) we'll take it back to NASCAR. But seeing my kids walk on a racetrack, like you, you could pay me a million dollars. I would never get that satisfaction of seeing them step on that racetrack. Do you know what? I mean, I don't have kids, so I, I don't get to experience what you're talking about exactly, but. I think I got a little piece of that this weekend when I was sure. at one of the beaches in Acadia and my brother and I and my seven-year-old nephew climbed up of the mountain off a trail and get the look, and he was right? like, you know, it was, it was a struggle for him, but like seeing how excited he was that he got to 
stand up on top of this mountain, put his arms in the air and say, and I say, Hey, say mm-hmm. you conquered, I did say it. you conquered this mountain. He says, I conquered this mountain. Like there that you was go. accomplishment. Yeah. And, and I'm up over everything and everyone looks like ants and I'm seeing, you know, miles and miles out and I can see both sides of the ocean from me and, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather go sit in an office and, you know, it's nothing like, like it's just so as like, and I saying this, I make it sound like, like, I don't hate my yeah, job. I, like I my don't job wake too. up dreading. I don't dread going to work. I like my coworkers. I like the industry I'm in. I probably will stay in this industry my entire career. I don't have a problem with it, but like, you know, that's really not where I get my worth. <laughs> that's not what I take pride in myself. Like when I die, I hope that's not in my obituary. I hope it's, well, this guy took care of his family and had great friends. And anytime someone needed something, he was there for them. I hope they're not like spent X number of years in the insurance industry yeah. and made it to become executive vice. What up? Da, da. Like, I don't want anyone to know what I did in my obituary. And I, I like it that a lot of my friends don't know what I do because that's not what I'm about. It's not my identity. Right. And uh, I like, I like uh, you know, taking long walks on the beach. But seriously, like enjoying life. We're only here for so long. Let's do what we were meant to do. Be people. Enjoy each other. Enjoy, enjoy the things we have. Be thankful for the things we have. And uh, have good memories. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh that's what that's what it's about. You know, we got you know, especially our generation getting sold a bill of goods about what, what life is about totally. and, and it's totally. to tie this into what we normally talk about. I mean, I think Bitcoin fixes this because yeah. you know, a lot of people have to chase those corporate goals and have to have a two parent or two income family where both parents are working because you can't save the dollar's so bad and it loses so much value that you can't sock away money and, and save it. You have to constantly be adding and, and, and getting more income. And so now the, the mother who would probably like to stay home with her kids has to uh, go to work and earn, earn an income. And these people have yeah. to rationalize it, have to make themselves feel better about it. And so it becomes this whole whole culture of like, oh, no, you're like, you just want to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom. You don't want to go out and work and be productive and earn a paycheck. Or it's like, man, what? No, my like, my, my yeah. if, if I get married and have a wife and have kids, like the most important thing that my wife could do is raise our children. Yeah. Like, why would I want to farm that out to a stra- a minimum wage stranger who I probably wouldn't trust driving my car? Like, it's, it's absurd. But, you know, it's, you, you can't keep up with, with, uh, you know, you have, oh, you have to buy the house and have to buy a nice house and have, have the car loans. And so you're, you're a debt to, or a slave to your debt. And so you got to make enough money to service that debt. And then everything else is getting more expensive because of inflation. And they shut down the economy because of COVID last year. So now we're having all these supply chain disruptions. So everything's just getting more expensive because of that too, on top of the crazy stuff the Fed's doing. 
And so, yeah, I understand why people are, are, are kind of in, in one sense before doing this stuff, because they have to, they have to justify their existence. They have to make themselves believe well, that what they're doing is the right thing to do. And it makes sense. And they're not living some just crazy bizarro world. Yeah, no, I have sympathy. Like I, I, I mentioned that my wife doesn't work. Uh, I mean, she doesn't have a job for income. She's obviously working nonstop all day. Um, but we have four young kids and it's not easy. It's sacrificing a lot of things. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have the income. There's some people who make enough money they can do it and not have an issue, I guess, but not me. It just takes a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of things I don't get to do. And, um, but this is what I'm choosing to do. It's a, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. No, I, Other I, than that, I think it's more possible than people probably realize because I'm not making like, a ton of money we're getting by we're doing okay well it's because you um, you have a low time preference and you know you save and and don't spend frivolously yeah. and you know are you're planning ahead looking into the future and not just being like oh let's just do this run up debt go on this vacation right. buy these shoes like you know whatever I don't know. We get by fine. People, we try to know what's important. And I think, I think if you're out there listening and you're, you know, either getting married or thinking of getting married, and you, know, you want that kind of lifestyle, like you probably can do it and you don't realize it. There has been, I mean, just, I think of the nights, the anxiety that I would put on myself thinking like, how are we going to do this? And it just kind of happens. Yeah. And I'm sure you've I had people prayer has anything to do with And that. I'm sure people have told you like, oh, well, you're just you're you got lucky. You're crazy. Wait, what? You're sending them and then and this is another funny thing I get because I send my kids to a certain school that I really like. And um we're doing whatever we have school. to do to get them to go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> no, it's actually kind of far away. But it's um it's a private school and it's, it's a classical education and we really like the school a lot and uh, Catholic, Catholic classical education. And, um, you know, you get, some people don't care. Some people are like, Oh, cool, man. And then other people are like, they think, uh, you know, they ask you where your kids go to school, you tell them and then they think I'm like trying to big time. And you're like, I send my kids to private school. Oh, you must be rolling. Oh, you're rolling in money. Yeah. Are you real? Whoa. You must've got a raise this year. It's like, yeah, well, I didn't go on vacation this summer, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got three, uh, luxury car leases in your driveway. You know, you yeah. tried to buy, you know, you bought your McMansion. You're going on, uh, you know, to uh sandals in in mexico wherever every yeah. three months you know you're you're going out to dinner four times yeah. a week <laughs> yeah most yeah. of the stuff that and, and there are people with uh you know with problems that happen that that weren't necessarily their fault but i mean you look at the vast majority of these people that like to complain about and and be jealous of other people and it's just like well do we like want to do you buy lunch every yeah. day? Do you let's eat out every night. Let's go through your finances, your your personal finances. You drink your, how many beers a week do you? Yeah, drink? let's go through your budget. Oh, you don't have a budget. Okay, 
Um, yeah. You spend every dollar you make every week. I mean, yeah, there's things to think about. And uh, your life actually isn't that bad without all those things. Yeah, you've got like uh, you've got the subscription to Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO. Show to whatever yeah, else there is. I mean, some of these people have like fifteen all of them of these things, and it's like, man, just multiple TVs. What in the world do you like, man? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I have a 2013 Kia I drive, and I will drive it till probably 2030 or until it falls apart, whichever comes first. Yeah, my car is uh going to be 11 years old, and uh. In oh, August, nice. it's got well over 200,000 miles on it. Still going strong. Yeah, good, good. That's my plan. I'm just going to drive my car until it doesn't work anymore and then find one used that's cheap. I mean, you know, you do what you got to do. But yeah, just but to tie this into, because I mentioned Bitcoin fixes this, but, you know, if you have a, if you have a money that is appreciating in value, um, you don't have to be like trying to run around in the rat race and try to climb this corporate ladder. Yeah, you wouldn't because, have a debt-based economy. Yeah, if you're, you could save money. Yeah, if your money is appreciating in value, you can sock money under your bed or in your uh, in your multi-sig cold, cold storage, storage. Yeah. and uh, it just gains in purchasing power over time. So you can actually like build a nest egg, and it grows by you just holding on to it. And then you don't have to like worry about getting a raise every year or a cost of living adjustment as they call it. Like you can, you can just make the same salary and your salary commands more resources and that same salary commands more resources in the economy as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, can you imagine what life would be like that compared to, Mm. you know, trying to chase everything now and then, Oh, by the way, Okay, so you do have some money. You're trying to save it for retirement. You're saving it for the future, and you can't just hold cash because it's just going to hemorrhage value. So you got to throw it in the stock market or something. And so you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week in your day job, and then you come home, and you, you're studying the stock market and everything else, and you're, you're working another part-time to full-time job just trying to hold the value of – uh, of what you created for for your normal jobs, so you're actually are working two jobs, and you're probably not doing much better than just throwing it into a whatever, which is probably maybe just keeping pace with inflation. Right. Or in reality, if you're making below ten percent, you probably <laughs> you might not be keeping up with inflation. So. And then too, like these people, people are like stuck in jobs that they might hate and that's not good. Um, you know, we're talking about how we, if we didn't have to work, we wouldn't, of course. But like, I think I can speak for the both of us and and you kind of alluded to it or said it. You don't wake up in the morning dreading to go to work. I'm happy to go to work. I'm I'm fine. I like my my job. job. I, I do. Yeah, I go there and I work. I go and get my stuff done. But what, what would, what would life be like if you hated your job? That like that's a lot of your day. A lot that's at least forty hours of everyone's week. If you're working full time, is your job. And plus, you know, if you hate your job, you're probably thinking about it 
while you're driving to work, while you're driving home from work. And when you're at home from work, you're, you're sitting there stewing about worrying about, cause I've had jobs I didn't like, and you would get the Sunday scaries Sunday night. You, you get like that depression to be like, I got to go to work. Oh, I'm losing my weekend. Now, and then you get to work and you think about lunchtime and then you think about the end of day and then you think about Friday and that's, and then, yeah. And then you're, you get home, you get home from work and you're thinking about how you got to go to work the next morning. And and so these people are Mm -hmm. stuck in these jobs that they hate, but since they have no savings because you can't save, they're stuck. in. And they start to, and they were told from the time they were like eight that you have to go to college. Right. Whereas it doesn't matter what the cost is. You got to go, you got to get it. If people had savings because they were on a hard money standard, if you don't like your boss and you got like a, you know, six months worth of savings, it's just like kind of sitting there. First communion money. Yeah. You can just say, fine, I'm, I'm going to go and I'll just, I'll just figure it out. I don't need to like most people. What is it? Like, I don't know what the number is anymore, but it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. But like, the majority of Americans can't afford like an unexpected thousand dollar expense. I think it's less than a thousand dollars now. And, but it's like a, a huge sure percentage of people that that applies to. That's really bad. Like that's, that's really, really bad. Speaking of which air conditioners are not cheap. Yeah. Central air helps to know a guy. I got my air conditioner replaced and it was someone I used to work with. Yeah, he did nice. air conditioning. I got mine. The guy in the neighborhoods too. That's it. good. Yeah, I mean, I can trust. I, every every neighbor was like, "Yeah, he's the best. He's good." I, I didn't shop yeah. around. I don't know, but he he's fixing it. It'll be done tomorrow. But if you're, but thankfully, I do have enough for an unexpected bill. Yeah, but if you're stuck in a job that you hate, but you can't leave it because if you don't, you know, you can't pay the bills for your family, you're stuck there. And now, like stuck you're there. you're. In, the employers it, know that, so they don't have to treat you as well. Or if they knew that, like, they they this person, well. not only does this person, like, I have to keep this person, my employee, happy enough that not that someone else is going to come and give him a better offer, just that just deciding I'm not working for a month or two until I figure something out is more appealing than going going work and get a paycheck. Like that puts that, that changes also, the, uh, the relationship between employer and employee and puts, puts much more control in the, in, in the employee's hand. And now you don't have to worry about all these like labor laws and, and minimum wage things and all these other things that they're trying to, you know, force feed into, onto employers that only add Well, up- it changes your morals. Right. Because you can't, like you said, man, you can't say no. When they say you were going to, uh, you know, do whatever. You have to leave your personal values at home and have your work values because you can't lose the job. You can't afford to lose the job. And the employer knows that and they can make you do whatever. And that's why every corporation has the same exact opinion on everything. There's no divergent because they know that no one can tell them no. Yeah. Like this easy money, this fiat standard society that we live in just mm-hmm. creates so much awful fascism man it's fascism yeah, that's exactly what it's it is. one opinion from top down and you better accept it yeah don't question it and that's what the fiat money does private ownership but central control of that property yep. not a single big business i mean can you name one hobby lobby 
Uh, yeah. Any. I guess Chick, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. And everybody knows those two names. I don't think many people have ever been to a Hobby Lobby. I've only seen like one or two in my life. They're not around. There's one not too far from here, actually. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. But Chick-fil-A. And the thing is, but, oh, but, but Chick-fil-A turns but, people at the door, don't they? No, everyone yeah, goes there. Yeah. Everyone loves it. No. Yeah, they throw stuff at the gay people who walk in. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so absurd. That's another thing with the NASCAR crowd, right? Like, I was never a NASCAR fan my entire life. I never watched a single race until my kids started watching it. And all you know, I mean, well, all of it's that, like, Southern races, crazy. They were the absolute nicest, happiest people I've ever seen. Right. Not, well, I mean. And you were in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it was in the middle. No, there was, there was some people watching. You could do some people watching there. I'm sure. Some interesting, interesting people. But everyone was happy and friendly. It was good. It was fun. Um, the idea, like, I think most of the people who would bash NASCAR and call it a racist sport, my guess is have never been to one. Never been to a race ever. Never met these people. Never, never saw one. Never had a great day. Yeah. Just typically the case. But I just have to defend my, now that I'm a NASCAR mm-hmm. fan, I have to bring it all back to NASCAR. You bring it back to Bitcoin, I'm bringing it back to NASCAR. All right, you're going to you're gonna bring up NASCAR in every episode now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, we're going long. Longer than I thought we'd go today. Yeah, I had like a thousand other things I thought we were going to talk about. Um, yeah. I was going to name names about stuff, but we'll do that for another ah. time. Yeah, well, that's right. We were texting about what we might talk about. I'm sure. I'm sure it's not going to end anytime <laughs> soon. So there'll be plenty of fodder for us in the uh, coming oh, yeah, weeks the next and coming months weeks. And, and whatnot. She'll be fun. Stay tuned. Yeah. So, all right. Um, thanks for listening. If we offended you on this episode, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I don't like you anyway. Yeah. But seriously, like, I just, I don't care. Like, if you want to debate it, that's fine. You want to challenge me on it, that's fine. But, like, I don't, but that's the nice thing about our listeners is I think they tend to be people who can think. (laughs) Yeah, or at least want to, like, question. Yeah. Not Not just have, like, a, you know, just a conniption over oh how dare you it's you know appreciate some nuance and and uh that's why i like our little uh telegram group because we can we can talk about whatever and and and, uh you know actually have productive conversations even when we don't agree about stuff and that's 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 nice and you don't get that in a lot of places you get the whole oh so so you think so, yeah. Anyway, like for anyone that wants, I don't even care. I don't even need to justify anything I'm saying. Yeah, that's such a. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. All right. Then yeah, don't. I'm not. All right. Uh, show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash two five seven. Be sure to check out uh, Liberty Mugs. And also, if you want to learn about Bitcoin, 
um, or you know someone that wants to learn about Bitcoin and you don't know where to send them, the two best resources that we have are bitcointrickle.com and also 10hoursofbitcoin.com. You can find both of them on the show notes page. Uh, So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week. Peace.